Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. It's hey. good to see you today. Good to see you too, Marianne. Thanks. We are talking today about power mm. of your words, of mm-hmm. your choices, and we want to encourage people that they can choose life. Yes. Yeah, we have choices, and they affect us. When you make these choices, they affect how you live, how long you're going to live. They affect other people and the kind of life they have and how fulfilling it is. We have this power in us, and it's amazing that we have this power, and sometimes we don't choose life. And so, yeah, it's a great question. Like, how do we choose life, and how do we actually, once we know how to do it, how do we actually put ourselves into a place where we do it? How do we actually get there? Mm -hmm. If you even know that it's a choice is Mm. a really good place to start. Mm. Like I like some of these really basic principles that we talk about, and this is really one of them. This even goes back to Old Testament. There's a verse that says, you have before you Mm. life and death. Mm. Therefore, Mm -hmm. choose life. And Mm -hmm. so death is also before you. Mm -hmm. You can choose to live or die. And Mm -hmm. this can obviously be Mm -hmm. literal. Yeah or mm-hmm. figurative, like how your mind mm-hmm. chooses death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously this literal thing, and, and people struggle with that on whether to keep living or, or not keep living, and they, they have that literal choice. But it's also these minor choices, like when you're choosing things that bring death, that, you know, health decisions or mental health decisions, you can actually affect your health with your choices. That's a big deal. And then there's also this kind of feeling of like, how fulfilled are you? How much life do you have in your life? So yeah, it's a question. And it's interesting that it even is a question because you think that we would just choose life. You think that that would be obvious. And why would you, why would anybody ever choose destruction? Why would anybody choose to destroy themselves or others? Mm-hmm. It can become a cycle. It mm-hmm. can become something people are used to doing. Mm-hmm. A person can become used to falling into this negative rut mm. of thinking and then they can choose that way mm-hmm. it's like this hopelessness mm. in a sense too mm-hmm. i think that people will sometimes be in a rut and sometimes it's inherited sometimes they'll get it from their parents like if you have family or people around you who have chosen death it it becomes a way of life I remember talking to a client, you know, I I see clients as a therapist, and their family, they were in a, basically their family, their profession was as a gang, and their entire life was built around crime. And it was interesting how I said, you know, this illegal, or I don't exactly remember how I said it, but something like that, I kind of was trying to bring it back to reality a little bit, back to a more pro-social mentality. And she looked at me and she said, like, don't talk about my family that way. Like, it was interesting to see how disconnected she was from the decisions that her family made. What her family did, the pain that her family caused other people by you know, breaking into cars or by selling drugs or doing all these various things that, I don't know all the details obviously, but doing all these things that they were doing that were causing pain to other people, they were disconnected from that. They were disconnected from the death that it brought to people around them, the dysfunction it caused. To her, it might even seem like they were choosing life that they were choosing to survive and maybe in some ways they were but it was amazing how in that situation she was in a lifestyle of death it was bringing destruction to herself and the people around her 
that perception to protect what she even knows is mm. that, but she was mm-hmm. there seeing you because mm-hmm. there was pain involved, mm. and yep. that that pain is why she was even there in the first place. And that's what I think is a focus to understand about what death feels like. Mm. It comes with a feeling. It doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's noticeable in mm-hmm. your body, in mm. your psyche, and in your relationships. And it feels like defeat. It doesn't feel like victory. Mm-hmm. And I think that even if a person feels stronger mm-hmm. because they're able to control, manipulate, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is not the same as the freedom of peace mm. and goodwill mm-hmm. that you have in your life if you choose life. Mm-hmm which also means you're wanting well-being for Mm. yourself and Mm -hmm. other people and it means not criminal activity Mm -hmm. and there's a feeling associated with not choosing to -hmm. commit a crime i think this is also really important for your mental health how you think Mm. so not just about a lifestyle but your thinking is Mm -hmm. really important you can choose life in your thoughts Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i think that almost Everybody is trying to choose life. And one of the tricky things about this is when you're thinking you're choosing life and you're actually choosing something that's unhealthy. So you're choosing something that feels maybe good in the moment, that power or control, that feeling of pleasure that you get from a choice that you make. And it can feel disconnected, but it's very connected that all of a sudden you have this destruction and you're seeing a therapist. You have this pain in your life that bubbles up as a result of multiple choices, have this enduring impact. And that's what can be so difficult about it, is that when you're choosing destruction, when you're choosing death, it can sometimes feel good. And when you choose life, it can sometimes be painful in that moment. Because you have to give up your right to be right. Mm. You have to give up vengeance. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's part of what makes a person feel stronger then is because they have their sense of vengeance. They're executing Mm -hmm. their justice. They're feeling stronger. And it's something that, like a hit, Mm. a power hit, a person Mm -hmm. can get an emotional power hit from feeling stronger by being Mm. angry, by Mm -hmm. feeding Mm -hmm. their vengeance or their desire for pain in another person's life because they've experience pain Mm -hmm. that's where emotionally Mm -hmm. you can choose life before it Mm -hmm. goes that way by taking control of Mm -hmm. those feelings and thoughts recognizing they're destructive they're Mm -hmm. harmful like i said goodwill Mm -hmm. the intention of goodwill for yourself and for others Mm -hmm. yeah when people are hurt They often develop a way of managing that, of surviving the pain of a painful event by certain choices. That might make sense in that moment. For example, if somebody's attacking you, you're going to potentially fight back. You're going to defend yourself. You might hit back if somebody's hitting you. You might push back if somebody's pushing you. It's just a simple example. But then what can happen is that pushing, that hitting, can become something that's generalized. That's what I often see is when people have a certain way of coping in a painful, desperate, hurting moment, that can become something that becomes a pattern in their life, even when they don't need it to be. So they go out and they're dealing with somebody else and they get triggered, so to speak. They get this cue in their mind that, oh my goodness, this is dangerous. This is like that other time when I got hit. I need to hit back. And they don't need to, but they feel they do. And so when you're in this pain, you can sometimes develop these ways of coping that might make sense in that moment, but they don't make sense later and you might keep doing it. And it's learning how to give up those ways of coping, those desperate ways of coping, when you don't need to do them anymore.
like diffusing an emotional bomb. Mm. I'm thinking about this childhood story that I used to read my kids, and it was this little boy who had a toy fish, a plastic fish. Mm. <laughs> oh, it was oh. so precious to mm-hmm. him, this mm-hmm. little tiny mm-hmm. plastic fish, but the neighbor boy was a bit of a meanie, and mm. he stepped on it and oh. broke it. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene illustrated, it's so funny, the mother's tucking the son in who's lost his favorite toy and the little boy is sitting there on his bed just imagining the neighbor across the street imagining biting him yeah I'm gonna bite him I can feel myself biting him and it's part of the illustration showing him baring his teeth Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I want this person to be hurt now because Mm. they hurt me and the whole goal was to forgive him Mm -hmm. and the mother was wanting to lead the son to forgive Mm -hmm. the moral of the story was even in that pain Mm -hmm. could they Mm. forgive that it was such a deep hurt Mm. very precious plastic fish yes (laughs) just thinking about the minds of children Yes. What's important to them sometimes we're like, that's just a plastic fish. Yes. Like, no, to them it was their favorite toy and they yeah. took it with them everywhere. And so, so anyhow, that's how mm. young minds sometimes mm-hmm. we dismiss them, right? Like, we have adult problems. Get mm-hmm. real. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how often our adult problems can look a lot like that, where it doesn't really matter in the end, but it matters to us in that moment. It's a great story like about how difficult it is to choose life in that moment, how that life choice doesn't feel like life in that moment. It feels so hard and so difficult to move into something that doesn't feel fair, that doesn't feel just. And yet, in the end, it actually gives you something back if you let go. It gives you strength. It gives you freedom in your mind, even though it can be so hard in that moment to do. It can even potentially feel like death or destruction to give up that pain, give up that justice in that moment. Well, I'd love to get more into the letting go. Mm. How do we think ourselves out of? Mm. How do we choose life? about choosing life versus death which we can do every second mm-hmm. you have right in front of you choices you can think a certain way for a period of time and get pretty wrecked by it mm-hmm. when I know that I've experienced pain in a relationship if I think about that pain mm-hmm. and I stew on mm-hmm. it I can get pretty dark I can mm-hmm. think that person deserves nothing Mm -hmm. good they're callous and uncaring and i can design negativity i can attach negativity to Mm -hmm. a person that's caused me pain Mm -hmm. and i can decide all kinds of things in my mind about who they are Mm -hmm. that's destructive Mm -hmm. that in itself is choosing death Mm -hmm. and just the way i'm thinking about a person Mm -hmm. i don't want that Mm -hmm. I don't want that to control me. I don't want it to have a second in my mind. I don't want it to have any part of my being. I don't want to be in that. That's dark to me. Mm -hmm. And I want to challenge listeners with that too, is to be able to take control of those places when they're happening in your psyche. I've heard it explained like a train 
wreck. Like, you mm. know that train is going to crash. Mm. Mm-hmm. But there's the controls that you actually can shift the track mm-hmm. before you get there so you're not going to go crashing. Right. And that's choosing life, even in your thinking. Mm-hmm. But it takes more than sometimes just your own will. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I feel it's important to honor who God made me. And that means that who he is, is what my focus needs to be in a moment where mm. I'm going for the train wreck. Mm-hmm. But he's love. Yeah. He is love. So then choosing life, choosing love, mm-hmm. choosing God, sometimes I can't even do that. I can't even stop that train. He's actually the one mm-hmm. with his hand on the handle mm-hmm. to pull me back to who he is mm-hmm. and reminding that he is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes when you're choosing life, you're having to figure out what life actually is. You're having to figure out what is life in that moment. Is it fairness? Is it justice? Is it power? Or is there something more? Is there something bigger that when you're choosing it? And what you're saying is like, there is something greater. From a spiritual sense, there's love, there's God, there's something above you that is greater. And if you choose that, you're choosing life. And what does that then have you do? So whenever you're in that situation and you're trying to choose life, there might be what's correct in that moment or culturally correct, or there might be what's fair in that moment. But when you're choosing life from a spiritual sense, you might be choosing God. You might be choosing something greater than what's there in that moment. And that might produce a very different result in your behavior, what you say in that situation, than if you had chosen something that maybe looks very good in that moment, like fairness or justice. If you're practicing negativity mm. towards another person, mm-hmm. even if, and this is the tricky part, you may have evidence that they have behaved a certain way. Mm-hmm. If you choose to cut them down in your thinking mm. and you're spelling out all kinds of ways that they've done you harm mm-hmm. and they are a harmful person and You've got paintings of their character Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that are dark. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. No, Mm -hmm. don't do that to another human being. Speak life. Mm. Choose life. Also speak life. Also think life Mm -hmm. about that person, Mm -hmm. whoever they are. Mm -hmm. Even if you have evidence. Sometimes it's not actual evidence. It's built up theory mm-hmm. based on perception so you've got your ideas mm. that you've painted something but what if you retracted mm-hmm. went backwards like in time almost mm-hmm. to a different place in your own mind to not have created that story now it's really important that I explain that yes I understand there are people that are destructive and mm-hmm. harmful and mm-hmm. choose wickedness themselves mm-hmm. but for the most part of it The way we look at a person, the way we paint the picture of a person, their behavior isn't exactly who they are, Mm. how we now paint a better picture. Mm. Seeing what things could be in the future, seeing what this person, because yeah, you're right, we can get caught up in a negative perception, we can get caught up in focusing on people in a certain way, and we can sometimes have a misperception or just focus on things that are real but aren't helpful to us with that person. And there may be a goal not of having power but maybe of actually developing a person maybe the goal is actually more interpersonal more relational how do you actually speak life into this person rather than getting your way rather than having justice in that moment maybe what you're after here 
is life for yourself, but also life for them. And how do you see that for them? And how do you speak that into their life? I love that you said that for yourself, because I think that if you do that, Mm -hmm. if you hear yourself talking about somebody in your own mind, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not good, that's Mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. And then you want to speak over yourself, Mm -hmm. life, Mm -hmm. then start there. Mm -hmm. And course you want life spoken over you of Mm -hmm. course you want Mm -hmm. good words Mm -hmm. precious you are so important and so valuable and Mm -hmm. that's what you want spoken over you start Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. and you'll start to feel that now this is my own personal relationship with god and i embrace him saying Mm -hmm. daughter Mm -hmm. beloved daughter Mm -hmm. and if I am able to welcome that embrace, then can I not give that embrace mm. to even somebody that in the moment I need to shift? Mm. I need my mind. I want the shift. I want to reframe it because I want life. I want love. Mm-hmm. I want light. And I have to make this deliberate choice away from darkness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not easy to make that shift because oftentimes what we're giving up is something that's ours, something that we feel is ours. It could be money, to give up money sometimes in order to practice this, in order to speak life. Sometimes it's costly. Sometimes we have to give up reputation, can't defend ourselves in the ways that we would like. We can have to sometimes give up power, give up the things that we feel are our rights. And it is that question that it comes down to is what's more important? But what I think you might find if you're practicing this is that all of a sudden, you have the ability to create a completely different world inside of another person, a completely different reality relationally, and even potentially a different reality physically. You can create a new thing by speaking it into being, by believing in it, by giving it a chance. It's very interesting to see what you can do if you believe in something and move with that belief in mind. That's remarkable. I remember years ago hearing a study. Scientists were working with paraplegic. There was several cases of people who had lost their feeling in their body, and they were wanting to test this belief theory Mm -hmm. on their physical therapy. Mm. And so they had the physical therapist together with a psychologist, I believe Mm -hmm. there was two different therapists there, One was doing the physical work and the other one was speaking Mm -hmm. about the emotional recovery. Mm -hmm. So to be specific about it, there was a physical therapist that was moving a person's limbs and Mm -hmm. teaching them resistance with pushing against Mm -hmm. their Mm -hmm. foot, for example, as they're moving their leg. And then there was another person speaking to them about how now imagine that Mm -hmm. you're feeling Mm -hmm. this. And again and again and again, and how long it lasted, I can't remember. It might have been a year Mm -hmm. of this type of therapy, but the results came in. Mm -hmm. And at least there was a success story of somebody who was absolutely no way medically going to be able to walk again, but by using this type of therapy, they did. Mm. It's incredible. That ability to recreate and influence their nerves, influence their body physically through their mind and what they believe. And this is kind of that thing of like creating a new world by what you believe in. And it's a very simple thing that we see all the time. If you believe that you can pass a test and you study for it, believing that you can do something about it, but it can happen in these dramatic ways sometimes, Mm -hmm. that if you believe something, you can imagine it, you can push towards it, and then all of a sudden things that seemed impossible before all of a sudden are right there in front of you. Mm -hmm. 
nothing is impossible if you believe you can also believe better mm. mm -hmm. which is part of choosing life mm -hmm. so i love that mm. i think that's a transformation that can take place in your heart when you surrender mm. your vengeance your mm -hmm. desire for being right your mm -hmm. what you even said sometimes it's about surrendering mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. or any type of other thing but it's just about giving up letting go mm -hmm. that <laughs> famous kids movie let it go <laughs> yeah, it's going to help. It's going to help to be able to do that. Choose life. Mm -hmm. I think this is something for all of us to take away. Like where we can come from this is like, what is that thing in your life that you want? What is the thing that you're hoping to create? What is the difficult thing that's bothering you? And potentially by choosing a positive creation-oriented mindset, where you can speak life into your own body, speak life into your own circumstances or relationships, you can all of a sudden find that things are different in the dynamics and there may be more options than you think moving forward. And I think that's encouraging that we don't always have to be in a place where death overcomes, where this destruction keeps taking ground, where we can actually speak life and that life can change, uh, can change everything. Yes. Yes, we can. We can overcome. We can live better. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks, Cyrus. Yeah, thank you, Marianne. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. Thanks again, and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose.